Hello, Girl Up Brisbane members, friends, listeners, and welcome back to our podcast. My name is Imogen and I'm the founder of Girl Up Brisbane, and it's with great excitement that I welcome you to our third episode of Uncovered. In Uncovered, you'll hear from an outstanding group of our members as they uncover their tips in a chat session with me in areas ranging from uni to work to career choices and many more. It is my joy to welcome the inspiring Jessie as we uncover Jessie's insights into feminism with a focus on viewing women as allies and empowering and uplifting other women. So welcome Jessie, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I'm so excited to chat with you and to hear your thoughts, especially because our podcast will be kicking off International Women's Day. Hi Imogen, thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited. And yeah, we've really aligned ourselves quite well with the calendar. It's a coincidence, but we can pretend it's planned. Exactly, exactly. So proud of us doing well. Me too. Would you like to just start off chatting a bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a UQ student. I'm in my fourth year. Um, I study a Bachelor of Journalism and a Bachelor of Arts with an extended major in psychology and a minor in sociology. I have loved singing and dancing all my life. So those are my sort of main two passions. Um, and I joined cheerleading at UQ this year, which, which has been really fun. I kind of feel like I'm going to die all the time, but <laughs> it's still been an amazing experience. Um, and in my spare time, I sort of do a bit of writing and I love practicing slam poetry and things like that. As for a goal for the year, I'd love to work in a newsroom. I have a few opportunities coming up and I'm hoping to just throw myself into that, immerse myself into some professional journalism work a little bit more and um, maybe get some bylines coming that would be incredible. That sounds so exciting I feel like you're always doing something and I really admire that about you but I love how you always get so involved in your own creative interests Um, but what led you to choosing journalism as a study area and I know you do a lot of focus within that degree in psychology had you always planned that or was that a sort of later year 12 decision? Yeah, for sure. So there's sort of two main reasons why I went into journalism. Um, I just love writing, um, whether that be academic essays, but also sort of in more of a creative capacity. Um, My English teacher would be very proud of me. I sort of love um, figurative language and literary devices and sort of looking at how I can more evocatively and eloquently uh, tell people's stories. I'm not sure if I've always wanted to go into journalism, but I thought it was a a great way for me to practice my writing skills. Um, And my interest in psychology comes from just really being intrigued into human behavior and other people's minds and wanting to gain a deeper understanding there. As for sort of storytelling in general, I was really lucky um, to be able to travel quite widely as a child. um, So I was raised in Hong Kong and England and then moved later to Australia. And I, in between, sort of in transit, I had the opportunity to travel with my family around sort of Eastern Europe and um, Africa. And we sort of went off the beaten track. My mum, everyone thought my mum was a little bit crazy because we went to some really interesting places and met some really cool people. Um, And what made me really interested in journalism is I remember we spent some time with the sand people in Africa. Um, So it's a sort of little known tribe a tribe and a thriving community um, and they communicate in cliques which is really sort of interesting linguistically but it's such a beautiful culture and I spent a lot of time with them and I remember particularly what stood out to me was um, meeting women oh, and girls I was only 10 
um, of my own age who were mothers or were pregnant and asking them their age and they didn't know. And I remember distinctly thinking at that time, one, I'm so lucky to be having this amazing experience. I'm so privileged to experience this. And two, I wonder how many people will ever hear this story. And so that's what drove me to want to uh, maybe travel and tell some sort of really unique stories that people haven't heard before. Wow, that's such a special story from your perspective. And it's great that you're able to share that with us today. I mean, you're making me wish that I'm doing journalism because I agree the power of storytelling, especially voices that perhaps may not always be at the forefront of the media is so important. And I really admire that that's what drove you to choose your degree. Has there been a particular topic that you studied at uni that's been your favourite or is there an area that you're really interested in at the moment? Yes, absolutely. Um, so this is a great question. I, Like I said, I study a sociology minor mm. and I got to choose an elective in second year and I really wanted to choose something super out of the box, super niche. And so I studied a subject called uh, Human Bodies, Culture and Society. It was all about how your lived experience is influenced by the way your body looks and um, how culture is inscribed on our bodies. So we learned about some really interesting topics, obviously race and body size um, and some cultural practices like um, body modification and scarification. And it was just really incredibly intriguing to learn, especially as you know, a white woman who subscribes to Eurocentric beauty standards to just be conscious of the way that other people look and how it influences their opportunities, strengthened my belief in body acceptance and more so sort of body neutrality. So the idea that your body is just a vessel and has no sort of bearing on your worth. So that was really cool to delve into. I love that. I feel like that's always such an important aspect to bring to light, that it's different when you're studying it from a completely different point of view and it can really change your mindset. I think this is the perfect segue to just mention that, Jesse, as well as studying full-time, doing a lot of volunteering, so many leadership projects. I'm always in awe of what you do. You're also the head of our social media at Girl Up Brisbane. And Jesse does an incredible job of running the Instagram and the Facebook accounts. And you literally design everything. And I look forward to clicking into the social media accounts and seeing what new posts you've done. They're always so exciting. Um, and so I think it's a great coincidence that we have such a wonderful female role model to share your insight into gendered issues as you've already done before we celebrate International Women's Day. On that note, I'd love to flag that Jessie's hosting our Women's Day event, which is a paint and sip on Thursday the 10th. We'd love to see as many of you there as possible. Jessie, I love how you suggested we chat a bit about women's rights, gendered views, traditional patriarchal perspectives in this episode. And it coincided with Women's Week, which is amazing. So I think I'd love to start off by asking, what does International Women's Day mean to you? Yeah, so that's a great question. Obviously, um, International Women's Day means the world to me, and especially just the month of March, um, celebrating women, um, the inspiring people in my community and globally. Um, I think it's sort of a nihilistic, sad note, but one thing that stands out to me is just the strength of women collectively. Um, hearing about our achievements is incredible and very inspiring. But um, I also am 
well aware it's never lost on me how many women live with pain um, and go through things and battle things that we often don't get to talk about and so I think it's a great reminder of how many barriers women overcome um, and I hope that sort of our male counterparts might take some time to reflect on the strength of the women in their communities. Yeah definitely I completely agree that it's a great way to not just showcase the progress we've made um, in terms of advancing gender equality but also the work we have left to do and how we can work to build that. Um, so I'd love to also hear your insight into something you mentioned when we were discussing what we'll chat about um, which was how the patriarchy conditions women how and why is this such an issue and would you like to give a quick blurb about what it's all about yeah absolutely so this is obviously a very complicated topic and I could talk about it for hours and there's a whole bunch of different factors that all intertwine and influence each other I sort of had three main topics that I have noticed um, growing up and I wanted to talk about um, and they all sort of factor into the ways that we are conditioned to compete with each other um, under the patriarchy. So the first one would sort of be a scarcity notion. As you sort of grow up and you come to realize that women face oppression and that there are reduced opportunities maybe for women in your community, or there are less female leaders or role models than you would like to see. I think we begin to absorb this notion that there aren't always enough seats at the table for everyone. Um, and that in order to succeed, maybe in a career environment, in a corporate environment, you really have to be the number one and you have to be sort of the best woman um, in order to just sort of make it through um, into the boardroom or whatnot. So that's sort of one concept. Um, another one, obviously, and I'll sort of explain how it all intersects in a moment. Um, and how these um, ideas and views are, are nurtured um, all together. But sort of the second thing is I feel as you grow up, you learn that sort of the inherent value you have as a woman is still heavily tied to attracting a mate, um, to the ability to marry, to um, find a family, to be a mother, be a caregiver. Um, I think it's definitely changing and I'm inspired to see, you know, more of an emphasis on education and being your own partner and individual pursuits and of course just freedom of choice that you can uh, do that if you want to but you absolutely don't have to um, but I think still those sort of traditional ideas permeate every aspect of society it's still sort of undeniable to me so I remember growing up and imagining you know my big day and um, practicing what it would be like to be a bride and it's sort of always thought that that would be the happiest day of a woman's life. Um, we see it in media, in lots of narratives, in literature. So, you know, Disney stories where the, the peak or the pinnacle of a story or always is somehow tied to men who often aren't even the central character. Um, so a man has come to rescue you or I've got married to my Prince Charming, thank God, um, kind of thing. And um, sort of another one I was thinking of was uh, the Princess Diaries. I remember I loved that movie as a child, but I remember one of the sort of climaxes of the movie was when um, Princess Amelia, I think it is, she is, or Mia. Mia. She <laughs> sort of has, a, that's right. Um, she has a makeover 
and you know now suddenly she's attractive and worthy even though she was you know literally the heir to a throne um and had all of these incredible hobbies and was very intelligent and very tenacious you know all on her own that this was a really huge moment in the movie I remember that being quite disheartening to watch um and so yeah maybe there are some aspects of competition that come into play there as well with like vying for you know the attention of men and knowing that this is what you're sort of expected of and um I think that sort of breeds some competition between women as well and finally of course I think it um, intersects with the idea that traditionally um, female traits are sort of looked down on or have negative connotations to it. So, you know, you, you hear, oh, you run like a girl, you fight like a girl. And then as you grow up, sort of women aren't funny or women don't have hobbies. You know, those are things that have, have been told, you know, to me and to my friends and things that I've seen in the media. Um, and also sort of knowing that if you do for some, you know, at some miracle, manage to be interesting or cool or funny or etc. that you must be sort of deviating from the norm. So you always hear about like, oh, she's a cool girl. She's a skater girl. She's this. Um, and so I think all of these things sort of come together to show us that not only are there limited opportunities and you sort of have to be the best, you have to be at the top of your game, but you also aren't allowed or shouldn't aspire to be like the other women in your life or to um, sort of embody those traditionally feminine traits, that that is a bad thing. These things all come together just to sort of build this culture in which you're always trying to be not only the best, but to be unique and to be sort of better than other women. And I should say here that there's no sort of element of blame, I think, um, women are amazing and I've been shown so much kindness and love and support by all of the women in my life but I think that this is something that we see unfortunately sometimes in society it's a, a coping mechanism we're all sort of raised under the control and the influence of the patriarchy and this is sort of a survival mechanism. Thank you so much for sharing that I think I mean, I'd love to see you write a book or make a movie where the ending is just <laughs> absolutely unconventional. I feel like you could do that really oh well. I would love that. We'll have to keep so our eyes fun. out. <laughs> but yes, yeah, something you touched on and something I'd also just like to mention is the idea of internalised misogyny, which I think we witness too often and of which I'm sometimes guilty, whether that's me doubting my own abilities in places where I probably don't need to or seeing other women put each other down. And it's quite an undiscussed aspect of women's rights, which we will uncover a little bit today. Um, so how do you think we can move forward from being so used to conventional endings and narratives, like you were saying, the idea that a wedding is the happiest day of a woman's life and that sort of traditional hegemonic identity surrounding family I'd love to get your thoughts on how we could progress from this and see women as allies and both in relation to us as women but also the male contribution yeah absolutely so just sort of to address the sort of beginning what you said there I think internalized misogyny is the manifestation of those sort of absorbed messages that I was talking about before and yeah I don't think you know I'm certainly not perfect either we've we're all sort of guilty of it sometimes but sort of internalized misogyny 
is sort of the idea of, um, I think Clementine Ford, feminist icon, uh, she talks about the idea that we women are the patriarchy's most enthusiastic wardens, that we keep each other in check um, sometimes. So it's a, yeah, I think we, we all are sometimes guilty of it. Um, and I think it's also a way of protecting yourself from judgment and labeling. Um, a good sort of example that I was thinking about is, you know, the idea of casual hookups or dating, um, that that is seen as a triumph for men and not for women and sort of a, a, something to be ashamed of if you're a woman. And I think sort of a way of protecting yourself from maybe slut shaming or sort of having those negative connotations placed upon you is to sometimes feed into doing it to other women instead, or even just not standing up when those sort of things are said. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's again, a survival mechanism. It's a way of protecting yourself in the society that we live in. Um, as for moving forward and seeing women as allies, that is something I'm super passionate about and would love to see more. Um, so there's a, a bunch of different things that I think need to happen. One is just more um, conversation about these kind of things and confronting your own internalized misogyny, your own beliefs. So when you do have sort of a negative thought about another woman and you know this goes for obviously men as well like the the thoughts that they have that are negative about the women in their life that might be unjust that might subscribe to patriarchal ideas that might be double standards to really dig deep into yourself and think why am I actually having these thoughts what influences what cultural influences might be causing me to think this way and it, does this actually reflect how I really feel? Oftentimes it's not inherently humans are good and we want to support each other. And it's really sad that patriarchal norms influence us in a way in which we might put other people down. Having the awareness is first a good thing. Having discussions, talking about double standards, talking about these sort of things with your friends openly, um, engaging in discourse with you know, your family, with your peers, um, reflecting it in your academic work, in your essays, in any sort of areas you lead or you have influence. Um, but also, yeah, being able to do that unconscious work and confronting your own views is really important. And then sort of the another aspect of that is sticking up for other people. So obviously sometimes this is really, really hard and I, I can't say I'm perfect at it either, definitely not. But um, when you hear someone perpetuating negative views about other people that you think are unjust, being able to say, hey, that's that's not okay. And this is why I think, you know, this woman is not doing anything wrong and we should examine the way we think. I've been in situations before where I've heard people say really misogynistic things about even their friends and I have wanted to say things and I've been too scared. And obviously it's very difficult and can be really confronting to actually pull people up on stuff like that but every time I I think back to that I wish that I did I didn't think I I and and now that I've sort of found a bit more confidence in my feminism and I sort of try to at least you know bring up things broach things with my friends my male friends and sort of you know pull them up occasionally um yeah I, I realized that I've never ever regretted speaking out I've never ever regretted sort of reframing the conversation where I where I can and I'm still practicing and I'm still learning but yeah I think it's a great thing to try to do.
Thank you. And just building upon that, we do have quite a few viewers who and listeners who might be in high school or um, in the early, late years of primary school. Do you have any advice on how listeners who might be in school, which is obviously such a critical time for developing your own values and I guess a sense of your femininity, um, could find that courage to stand up to people who might not necessarily recognise things they are saying are not in line with respected values surrounding women and girls? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, high school is such a hard time for a lot of people. I know it certainly was for me and I went to an all-girls school and I found, you know, some really great experiences in that and also some really difficult hard times as well. Um, Yeah, I, I would just say, one, to know that high school is not everything, that life gets so much better. So, you know, things that can seem like the absolute end of the world, like, oh my gosh, what are people going to think about me? Um, How will this reflect on my character? You know, oftentimes people will look back and maybe even just be inspired by you if you were someone who was brave enough to, um, you know, stand up for things and to do the right thing. And even if they don't, (laughs) just knowing and having the, the belief that you've done the right thing and that you've made influence in in your little corner of the world is a really beautiful thing. Thank you, Jessie. And for our other members who might not be in school, or I guess whether you're a guy or girl, whoever you identify as, it doesn't matter. But how do you think we can all best empower and uplift other women? Yeah, so that's a a great question. Um, I think, yeah, there's lots of things you can do uh, just in your little corner in your community Um, but just trying to speak kindly about other women and girls as much as you can I mean um, gossip is pervasive and sort of speaking badly about people is sometimes you know or or being involved in that situation obviously is sometimes really hard to avoid Um, but just trying to at least sort of minimize when you're doing that um, and just think about the words that you're using um, sort of never using derogatory language towards women all those kind of things I think that language is really important yeah another thing is just really enthusiastically like cheering on your friends and even people you don't know as well I think there's you know so much beauty and worth in just a genuine compliment um, especially to someone you don't know as well I think means so much and also sort of really targeting your compliments as well not always just oh you look beautiful which I'm sure they do um but maybe, you know, saying something that reflects who they are inside. So I love your energy. I love how you make me feel. I love how you always welcome people in your community or your strength or your intelligence. Now, I think um, not being afraid to champion the women around you is a really great start. Um, And I think another one is just genuinely being happy for women that you see succeeding, Um, knowing that another person's success is not your detriment and that we can all succeed and that you know if if someone else is doing something incredible it's just something to aspire to and that we we can all get there if we work together absolutely and in light of compliments jesse that was just so well articulated thank you for that and that brings us to our final question which is what is your hope for women's rights or for Girl Up this year and even into the future? 
Yeah, awesome. So I'll quickly touch on both. So as for Girl Up, I'd love to see um, even more engagement. Um, you've done an incredible job, Emmy, um, as our wonderful founder, and you are a, an absolute champion. I'm in awe of you all the time um, for all the work that you're doing, especially behind the scenes. I don't know how many people know how just incredibly busy you are and all the great things you're doing. So this is a testament to you, the success of the club so far. Um, I'd love to see, you know, just even more, more people just getting bigger and better and yeah, building just an even larger community and maybe even connecting with some younger girls as well, really seeing like Girl Up as sort of a, a pipeline <laughs> um, into feminism and um, yeah, maybe engaging with some high schools as well. I'd love to go back and speak at my high school um, and get some uh, members from there as well. And yeah, just having lots of fun during some awesome events. Obviously post COVID, it's, it would be great to be able to see each other in person and hug each other and all that good stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, as for, gosh, my hope for women's rights. So, wow, there's obviously, that's a huge question. There's a million things that I want to see like at a global scale, of course, you know, increased access to education, um, reproductive freedom, um, career opportunities, etc. I think one sort of, yeah, freedom from sort of violence um, and oppression. Um, I think one sort of, it's sort of very specific goal or something I'd love to see over time is I'd love to see women and men developing genuine friendships. I think, and, and I think for men to be able to appreciate women as friends and as allies, I'd love to just see some, yeah more genuine friendship I think it's only been in the last sort of one to two years that I've had have met some really wonderful male friends and I speak to men who make me feel like a person and um who just make me feel like they value me and like they want to talk to me and they want to hear what I have to say and I think one of the just saddest things about patriarchy is just that women are so incredible and I think for men to be conditioned with misogynistic views and maybe miss out on genuine friendships with women is such a tragedy and I yeah shout out to the amazing men in my life who I love so much um, and I just love to see more of that genuine allyship yeah I agree I think as well we both went to different schools but we won't both went to private or girls schools and there's definitely a different dynamic between interacting when you go to an all-girls school both with the girls at the school and then with guys who are at other schools and sometimes it does translate into post-school life but it's great when you can form friendships that aren't always built around that sort of same traditional interaction you see in a lot of places mm -hmm. so I think that's a great hope to have and going back to Girl Up I'm so excited as well for this year I think it's going to be a great year and we've got great so activities and great to have a great leadership team leading the way so very grateful yes, for it. Yeah. shout out to the rest of my leadership team who are doing <laughs> an incredible job um, yeah. yeah I'm so excited yeah. and it's been Oh, truly such a joy to join this beautiful community and feel so welcomed. And yeah, I've enjoyed every second. Oh, that means so much. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today.
I genuinely, seriously appreciate your passion and the insight you bring to the things you discuss with us. And I'm sure our listeners will have really learned a lot from hearing your perspective about your own journey with um, university, with women's rights and your insight into these really critical issues. As for our listeners, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Uncovered. Make sure to tune into episode four, which will be released in two weeks time, featuring another one of our inspiring club members. As always, thank you so much for your continued support. Stay safe and stay inspired.